0: Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life.
1: Hey, we'd like to take a time out to thank our sponsor. Uh, As you know, our podcast is focused on helping entrepreneurs scale their business and also save time, be more effective and have a well-rounded life. Well, there's an amazing event coming up in February that's 24 hours of virtual learning. It's called Scale Fest. It's an event like no other. You're going to have 50,000 attendees. It's going to be inspirational tools, opportunities to connect, and it's for anybody looking to grow and scale their business. So, a lot of entrepreneurs are going to be interested. There's going to be top speakers. When I say top speakers, I mean top names in people that know how to scale their business. Interactive workshops, deep learning, countless opportunities to connect businesses with products, services, and people. And we are, the call right now is we're looking for exhibitors, speakers, and partners who want to benefit from this and join. Uh, And I'll put in my link uh, more detail in a video uh, from the chairman and CEO of ScaleFest. But if you're interested more, DM me on any of my social medias or look in my link on any social medias. You can find out more details. But those, uh, ScaleFest will be our sponsor for the next several months leading up to this amazing event. I hope that you'll participate and be part of it. Okay, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. It's Rick Highland. Welcome, listeners. Glad you're here with us today. We've got another great episode on uh, on helping entrepreneurs scale their business. We have two fantastic guests. We have Sam Lucy, CEO of... Uh, Platinum Edge Sales Training, and Art Wong, COO of Platinum Edge Sales Training. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
2: I'm, I'm wonderful.
1: Thanks, good Sam. Good to see you, again. Yeah, good to be with you, Art, and really appreciate you guys spending a little bit of time with us. Why don't we, um, before we jump into the meat of the discussion around some of your insights and in your book and your principles to help uh, sales organizations grow, why don't you share a little bit of background with the listeners? Sam, do you want to start?
2: Uh, yeah, I can start. I uh, Myself, this is my 50th year in business. Uh, uh, come uh, December 31, they'll go to 51 years. Congrats. Uh, I have spent my life in small business. Uh, I started out as an educator. I've taught in public schools for eight years. Had to have two jobs. So I had, you know, I supplemented my income there with my business. And then I made the jump in uh, 50 years ago to go to do this full time and, uh, and to be in business. Uh, I love being in business, but the one part that was always difficult and was uh, always not at you was, you know, I was always in the home improvement business, kitchens and baths. And, you know, once you make a sale, you don't see that customer again for 20 years. (laughs) They don't need another one. So especially the way we always did a quality job. So it's one and done. And uh, you had to make every month you had a zero looking at you. You had to make your month. And that was always unnerving until I uh, finally put this all together. Now it's fun. It wasn't fun for most of those fifty years. Uh, so that's that's my life. I, uh, uh, you know, I've been a businessman. I know if you're if you're in a small business, if you're a sales manager and a business owner, I know what you go through. Whether you actually verbalize it or not, it gnaws at you. And what's the difficult part? The difficult part is that you need to depend depend on them to give to get your results. Well, when I depend on me to get results, then i I've always taken responsibility. But when I got to depend on you to give me my results or someone else, then what do I do? And basically up to now, there's been no tools to help. And that's why I spent these most of these 50 years, at least 45 of them, trying to figure this out. And then we started to figure it out about 15 years ago, but it was still very basic. Now it has matured into what I call a pure science. Human behavior to me is... Uh, there's absolutely zero mystery in it anymore. I consider it a pure science to me. I I look at a situation, I can see what what's going on, and I can help people. I can't help somebody who's not interested in getting help, but right. if they're interested, I can help them. So that's my story. I awesome. love what I do. I love to help people. I love to make money. I love to share money. That's who I am.
1: Thanks, Sam. I'm excited
2: and to hear. Arthur you. is one of my best friends. So uh, all right. Talk a little bit about you. I think you got a good story to tell, Arthur. Yeah,
0: Art, let's hear a little
2: bit more about your background.
0: Well, my background is uh, uh, basically I fell into selling uh, as uh, being in the corporate world. I spent over 25 years working for various Fortune 500 companies, uh, traveling the world and building projects around the world. But uh, early on, I realized one thing. Salespeople are the people that make things happen in organizations, and I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to to, uh, move beyond just the the technical aspects of of building things and really be uh, the person influencing what the business does. So uh, I spent 25 years working uh, for various companies, doing the hard work, but... uh, one one thing that uh, I realized is it there's a huge toll on you, both emotionally uh, and psychologically. So I left the corporate world, and that's when I met Sam Lucy. And I can say unequivocally, uh, he changed my life. Mm. He started talking to me about uh, what it really takes in order to transform a person to become a professional salesperson, and I've been with him ever since.
1: Awesome. How many years?
0: Right now, almost 20 years.
1: Oh, nice. And you guys are in the Pittsburgh area, correct? Right.
0: Yep. Right uh, outside the Greater Pittsburgh International Airport.
1: Oh, awesome. Well, I, I read Sam's book recently, Think More, React Less. And I knew I wanted to have you guys on the podcast to teach and have the listeners listen to some really cool ideas on how to be effective in sales and business. So, Sam, why don't you give us a little bit of background about the book and and the uh, you tell a great story in the book about how it's all kind of unfolded to you over the years. Do you want to give the listeners a little bit of taste of that? Sure.
2: Yeah. I, I made the book an explanation of my life because my life and what I discovered were intertwined, you know, and I also thought maybe it would give it some credibility because there's nothing special about me. You know, I, uh, I grew up in a working, working family. They were all blue collar workers. I was the first in my uh, family to go to college, you know. I became an educator for eight years, uh, so I have a, a pretty mo- modest background, you know. And, and uh, I thought it was important to put that in the book so they would understand. I'm not I'm not claiming to be a famous guy. Uh, I I am tenacious, and I am uh, I'm a, I'm a plotter. In other words, if I want something, I won't quit till I get it. Um, I'm I have always been that way. I'm a dominant person, so. I get, I get what I go after or keep trying. And that's basically how I found what I found. And I, why did I do it? I, out of necessity. Part of it was necessity, and I think part of it was just wanting to know. You know, uh, human behavior is a, is a mystery. I, I'll make a statement. It's going to sound s- strong, but I will back it up to any, anybody who wants to challenge it. Our understanding today of human behavior is as primitive as was the practice of medicine before we knew there were germs. It is still that primitive today as I speak to you. And that's a shame. I mean, it's never been figured out what makes us do what we do. Well, I I finally figured out what makes us do what we do. And then beyond that, I found a way to help us change our emotional system so that we can get a different result. No one has ever been able to do that. Thousands and thousands of good attention people have told you what you have to do but they were never able to tell you how to do it. And I I listened to all of them, and there were a lot of good ones. But when I, when I couldn't get results from them, then I just went off, so-called went off the reservation and said, I'm going to figure this out. As a matter of fact, I made a definite major purpose being a novice. I said, uh, I'm going to figure out what makes people do what they do, or I'm going to die looking for the answer. I wish they wouldn't have had to die looking for the answer. Could have got it quicker more. Maybe yeah. I could have got it more quickly. Maybe not. But uh, it wasn't necessary. Uh, I read Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, probably 25 years ago. And, you know, he said that the human mind has, has uncaped ability. know uh, uh, there were no liber- restrictions or limit to what the human mind could create. I knew it was true. I could feel it. But I couldn't make it work. And basically, that was my motivation. I'm going to figure out why I can't make it work. Even Napoleon Hill, I became a real student of his, you might say. I never met him. But anything I ever wrote or recorded, I got my hands on it. All the way down to the last thing that dealing with the devil is the last thing they found and recorded on. But anyway, uh, it, as he got towards the end of his life, he said, he couldn't understand why more people didn't use. He told you exactly what you had to do. set so mm-hmm. you it's your purpose, fall in love with it, and your mind will take over and do it. Well, yeah, you can do that till the cows come home. And if you have something blocking it, you won't get it. And I found out how you can find what's blocking it, how to unblock it, and then make good on that promise. That's basically what my life and what our program is all about. yeah and, and it, it does work now
1: yeah it, it talk more about what you do with the emotional system because you know I in my undergraduate and MBA school we once we not once talked about emotional stability or emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence. if you will uh, we talked about everything else but and uh, so you've made some good discoveries in there do you want to share more?
2: Yeah, absolutely. See, I was an educator too, and I wasn't taught anything about human behavior. So I was supposed to go out and teach young people with no tools at all. Why? Because our understanding human behavior is primitive. It still is that is, they was primitive 50 years ago when I was a teacher. Uh, it's nobody's fault. It's just information that hasn't come to light yet. So what we found came to light. So basically, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you in little pieces. Now, it's it might be hard to understand, even though it's simple, because it's new. Whatever the best way I can tell you, what, what's my most important takeaway? Whatever you believe, you make true in your life. Now, whatever you believe, you make true in your life. Now, I want to be very careful because I'm switching the word belief to a negative problem, not a positive thing. It's a negative thing, not a positive thing. That's the first thing you have to come to accept. There, are, there. From this point of view, there are only two things in the world. There are facts and lies. Facts and lies. If I can't prove it, it's a lie. You know, uh, I had the greatest mother that ever lived. Can I prove it? No, it's a lie. (laughs) My mother was born in Vella, Pennsylvania and married my dad when he came home from the army, had eight children, you know, and and died at 78 years old. Those are all facts. My value judgment on that is my own opinions. I can't prove it. Same thing if I said I had the worst mother that ever lived. Couldn't prove that either. I didn't have the worst mother that ever lived. I had a typical average mother, I think. A very good mother in a way. But uh, I, a, you know it's a simple analogy, but it's true. So you, the first thing you have to do if you want to get somewhere is you have to realize when you're thinking and when you're not. And unless you are on the path of truth, you're not thinking. You're rationalizing. And I have to tell you that we rationalize a whole lot more than we think. You know, we and do we do. don't realize it. If someone would have told me this when I was 30 years old, I would have told them, get out of my face. And, uh, but if I knew this when I was 30 years old, I would. I, I, I don't regret anything that I've been through. I love it. But my point is, I'm 75. I got, what, maybe 15, 20 years left. People that are 30 years now, they got a lifetime. They use this, and it's a beautiful thing if they get serious about it. But the first thing you have to do is realize when you're thinking when you're not. Beliefs are not your friend. They're the only enemy you have. What's a belief? It's an opinion. How do you get an opinion? As we dance through our world, I like to say as we dance through our world or walk through our world, You know, our emotional system, without our permission, without our participation, gives a meaning to our experiences. Once that meaning is given, it's recorded just like a computer program on a hard drive. And you know, you don't even know it's there. You don't even have any idea that it's there. You don't realize what it makes you do what you do. But it pulls your strings, makes you do what you do, and then you rationalize that it was the right thing to do. And that's that's the essence. So whatever you believe, you make true in your life. Now, if you're a business owner. Okay, you don't realize how many beliefs are running your business. When my beliefs were running my business, I was barely making. I was making a decent living, don't get me wrong. I wasn't starving because I'm uh, I'm just too practical for that. But against the effort that I was doing and the potential that was there, I was barely scratching the surface. You know, well, is my belief system holding my business back? Well, now that I understand that and have worked on myself, my belief system's not crippling my business anymore, and I guarantee your listeners your belief system is crippling your business in ways that you, you have never imagined. And and why? Because of the ignorance of understanding human behavior, which I say is primitive. So once you get it, start to look at this, you will validate, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I, if I believe this, then I'm going to get that result. I I can give you some examples and back that up. I think I should. Right now, the country is uh, in a very uh, tentative mood. You know, uh, interest rates are high. Uh, Inflation is high, people are feeling uncertain, all the political rackets we go through. So people are not very well settled. They're, they're feeling threatened as a as a people, as a group. So what are what are the salespeople who feel the same way? I a guy told me the other day, it was from Good Source, one of my competitors who is huge, and he said competitor in Pittsburgh, but he's, he's he's national, at least regional over the whole east coast, I think. And he said that uh a friend, he has a friend who was talking to him who said he's number five in that total organization in sales and he's selling an 11% sales closing ratio. 11%. The fear is he, you know, he can't get anybody to say yes. So, what am I doing with my salespeople? One by one, I'm bringing them in and I'm saying, okay, what do you believe about the times? Do you believe that you should, like, uh, our, our good friend, uh, the, the one that owns the world? Not Buffett, but uh, Jeff Bezos would. Uh, Jeff Bezos come out and he's telling the public, "You shouldn't buy a refrigerator now or a car. You should hunker down." I mean, does he want us to hunker down so we can get by more on Amazon? I don't know what his motive is, but you know, so people are being told to be afraid, they're being told to go backwards. Well, if you're a salesperson and you buy into that, which you almost always do, almost always, not always, then. Whatever you believe, you make true. So you tell what your manager is telling your customer, you don't want to buy from me today. You want to wait. Okay. You need your energy to tell your customers have to borrow your faith if they're going to buy today. You don't have any, then they can't get it. That's why what you, how you believe what you believe you make true in your life. All the way down to the last drop. Human beings were given 100% control over their life. Their beliefs prevent them from using it. We form beliefs that we don't know we have. They got there without our permission, without our participation, and make us dance on a string, and then we'll rationalize that that was the right thing to do. Once you break that cycle and understand that, now you're on a different world. It's a different path. Now, like now, I won't make a decision until I feel comfortable. Sometimes I, I can't see the truth right away. I might take a couple of days or a week, usually not that long, but I won't move. I will not step off the curve if I don't know I'm on solid ground. And, and if it's if I can't prove it, I'm not on solid ground. And that's how that's how I do it. So my income has grown twenty times, maybe what it used to be. Uh, I have a a fairly degree of I'm financially independent. I'm not a you know billionaire, but I'm I'm financially independent, and uh, and that's where I am. My core business is kitchens and baths, and that's where I learned this very difficult business because those sales have to be made. You know, you have to meet on so our bath We're bath fitter franchisee. they we don't we don't own that franchise. We're a member of that franchise. You know, you have to go in, meet a stranger, and then walk out with a three to ten thousand dollar check. You might get a second call if you want to take them to a show our we But you know, you know, you meet a person brand new, you're called. You, they're going to give you three or four thousand dollars, fifty percent down payment. I'm teaching people how to do that routinely. I mean, my last three people I trained, um, the the one young woman, you know, she was 90% last month, and uh, the other one was probably 85. Uh, One of them was 50, and the one who was 50, I brought him in and talked to him, and he had bought into that concept that times are bad and people need to think about it, and I got him to see that's a belief, not a truth. It's actually a great time to buy it's a wonderful time to buy when things are slow. Why? You get more attention. You get the best price. You know, it's it's, it's, it's you get more value when things are slow. It's it's, it's a wonderful well, time to buy. Things. Yeah, I love it, Sam. Art, can I
1: bring you in and just you said a comment, uh, something like at the beginning, like this man and his principles and teachings changed your life. Do you want, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about that? And is it some of these principles that Sam's talking about now? Or give us a comment on that, please.
0: Well, I was always a very uh, pragmatic person. You know, I always thought that uh, what made the difference uh, in selling was what you know. And I learned very, very quickly that it only gets you so far. If I would have known these people skills of understanding people down to the emotional level, then i would have been 100% 1000% more effective in the corporate world and okay. that, that's what makes a difference it's yeah. understanding people on an emotional level and being able to understand yourself yeah so thank you art uh, sam what so
1: these beliefs or i uh, do you use the term limiting beliefs or just beliefs
2: i've heard every the term i'm sorry every belief is bad there's no such thing as a good one Because if it's a good one, you know it and it's truth.
1: I'm very intrigued. How do I identify my beliefs and then do something about it?
2: The first thing you have to do is understand the B-Code is an owner's manual for a human being. So you learn that, you look at the owner's manual, it's going to look a little strange because there's never been another one. And there'll never be another one. It's the only one because it's how you work. So. You look at the owner's manual and you validate that. You say, okay, you start to see the difference. Okay, you start to see the difference between facts and lies. I like the word facts and lies. We worship our own lies. Not because we want to, but that's what we've been used to. When you realize, wait a minute, I'm worshiping my own lies, then you 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 start to shift, you know. And, and the way you do it is you say to yourself, Can I prove that? Can I prove that? No, people shouldn't buy today because there's a recession or there's uncertain times. Okay, that's that's an opinion. People shouldn't buy today. Well, who shouldn't buy? There's certain people that shouldn't buy today. Absolutely, they don't have the funds, and they're they're trying to make their mortgage payments, and, they're, and they shouldn't go out and buy a car, or refrigerator, a kitchen, or bathroom. But how about the ones that have them, the desire, the need, and the money? They should buy. So it's not like everybody should buy. <laughs> it's What's truthful? I can afford. It. I'm buying things that I need right now and want because I can afford it. But uh, you know, and and there's thousands of people, probably hundreds of thousands of people in my market area that are in that condition, do to buy these home improvements. That's just an example. See, so what's the belief? The belief is people shouldn't buy, well, because the times are are uncertain. What's the truth? Yes, some people can and should, and if they have the awareness and they can, they should. Others who who don't, shouldn't. So so there's your, I don't know, does that make sense to you? Yeah,
1: yeah. So the idea is is that, uh, look at, be an observer to your beliefs. Um, Can I prove that? Is it fact or is it just a belief? If it's a fact, if it's a truth, great. If
2: it's a belief. It's a what? It's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. We don't like to say that, but by God, it's black and white. That's right. it's, it's truth or lie. There's and no, then
1: what happens in your brain when you determine and figure out that it's a lie?
2: Uh, initially, when you, when you go through your first breakout, which is the process, first of all, you have to identify it exactly. And then you go into a slight meditation, an, open, an awake meditation. I don't know why this works or how it works. I stumbled onto it. But somehow you let the truth in your mind melt away the lie. Then the feeling goes away with it, and you say, oh, my God, where'd it go? Wow. And then once you do that, even the first time, then you realize that's your source of improvement forever. It's always the same thing. I have done thousands and thousands and thousands of breakouts on myself and, of course, with my clients. You know, I've done a a lot of breakouts with them. See, initially it was like, okay, here's what I feel, find your belief and get rid of it. I realize I'll never live long enough to do that. So the program coalesced into a into a unified formula. Now we have a formula to use. And what took me many, many years learning the system, we can impl- learn it, give it to somebody and they can apply it quickly. I would say within a year, anybody who wants to can completely transform themselves um, and on progress that they wouldn't, you know, would be shocked that they could do really. So I have people who are making $40,000 a year in eight or nine months on track to make $120,000, $150,000 awesome. in that little bit of time.
1: So tell us about your programs. What What do you offer for sales leaders and or sales employees? How long does it take to help them through this process? Can you tell us a little bit more about the program? Uh,
2: yeah. Art, you want to talk about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, basically,
0: basically, basically, Sam has put t- together four main modules and we call it uh, our platinum edge selling system and it starts with uh the most fundamental and the most important which is our attitude training this is basically how you how do you align your goals and your attitude together to produce the results that you want oh I love that it it is fundamental and it is really what separates us from all other training programs it gives you the tools in order to manage yourself and manage your own process yeah but we but we don't stop with there we also that's the first one we also train on behavioral styles we give you the uh tools you need to understand people and how to create the proper emotional and motivational environment for them so there's only let or me kind. just, add,
2: yeah, there's only four ways, four different ways people behave. And once you know that and you adjust your behavior to theirs, that, so faith's bonding way beyond rapport is nice, good start, but you got to bond. When when we're bonded, I trust you. So then what you're going to say, then I, I can accept it. We're not bonded. Are,
1: are you using, what tool are you using? Myers Briggs? You're using colors? Uh, I use
2: Inkscape. Uh, yeah. It's the oldest one. Uh, it's called a disk system.
1: Yep. It, it's dominant, it, informant, yeah, good. Okay.
0: Dominant, steady, compliant, right? Yep. Go ahead, Art. And a, th- a third, and the, uh, the flip side of the coin, is not only understanding people, but how to communicate on the emotional level. Communication isn't about uh, transmitting information, but it's a process of understanding what's motivating someone. If I understand, any, If I can understand how you feel, I can predict what you're going to do.
2: Wow, and,
0: you know, that. and finally, uh, part of our pro- uh, program is uh, we teach a very consumer oriented sales process. And you can have all these when skills you say consumer you have oriented. These
1: yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Art, say that
0: again. You could have all this uh, people skills in the world, but you have to be able to use those skills around a process in order to take a sale from beginning to close.
2: Oh, I love it. I so love it. You know, it's. Our, we use what we call consumer-oriented selling, and uh, we call it, in our case, we call it personalized design, you know, because we design and sell. We call it personalized design. What we say is we're not other other people, companies are going to come in here and tell you why you want what they have and try to convince you you need what they're doing. We say we don't do that. What we're going to do, I'm not going to tell you what you want. You're going to tell me what you want, and it's my job to help you get it. So what it does is it it's totally consistent with how a human being wants to be treated. If you want to know how a human being wants to be treated, watch a two year old. The first word they learn is no. Okay, actually the first word a child learns is no, and when they're two years old, they want to start talking about that no. And the you know they, uh, the psych- the psychologists know this. They have a term you know it's called a second rebirth or the second birth. Okay. And if you come through that naturally, then you have your own constitution. If you don't, and a lot of people don't come through that, we can identify that too. A lot of people are sales like that. And, but we can identify that in our assessment, okay, uh, our, our evaluation. So basically, you know, everything is designed. If I, like Arthur said, if I know how you feel, then I know what you're going to do. Now, if I'm just reading your intellectual answers, I'm not as well, I don't even bother. So you're saying, yeah, most people say yes when they mean no. Almost everybody says yes when they mean no most of the time. Well, I can read right through that now. I can teach people to read right through that. You know, do you like this one? Yeah, it's okay. That means no. <laughs> if, oh, oh it's, yeah, I want that one. And you see the face. Wait a minute. Your face and your words and your mouth are not agreeing here. So as a salesperson, I say, you know, I, I got the feeling maybe you're not 100% sure. Maybe we ought to talk about that a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the feeling you're not really happy with it. Well, you, you're you right. You know, I, uh, I, that's what you do. That's, see, I said, I tell people if you're in sales, there's three, three things. If you'll talk to me about a problem, I'm talking to you about helping me sell this stuff, right? So if I'm talking to somebody about a problem, I know three things. Number one, they have a problem, there's problem recognition, 50% of the sale. Okay. They can't solve it themselves and they wouldn't be talking to me. Okay. And no one else has solved it for them yet. So if I can solve it for them, they're, they're happy. It's over. I make a sale and I make a, a referral for life. If I can do that, those three things. I mean, I'm, I'm playing that out with you. If I knew how to do this by myself, I wouldn't have hired you. I know you can do this for me. I know you can. I could feel it. You know, I could, you're our professional and feel very comfortable with you. Uh, Thank you. I have nothing to do with your process, which is what I have to do to do it. I bought you. I think I told you that. I could feel your sincerity. I could feel your, I know you know what you're doing. I I bonded with you instantly. Okay. You're probably a natural. Are you a natural salesperson? Uh, Yeah. I think you are. But
1: like anybody, you have to learn along the path, right? It's about continually.
2: Even if you're a natural, you you can gain from what we do. Right. But a very few people are natural. I've only met, I know less, I, probably half a dozen or less in my whole life, naturalist. Uh I was lucky to have one for a while. and <laughs> helped me put bathroom on the map. Actually I actually married think. to her for a while.
1: Oh, very good. So yeah. let me uh, back up a little bit. And you guys have been successful. And this, this podcast is all about helping entrepreneurs scale and grow. And what yeah. have been your... In the businesses, and you've done a number of different in home improvement and now in sales training. If you were to try to pinpoint either of you, uh, some key success factors or lessons learned that other entrepreneurs should know in order to scale business, what have been some of your lessons you'd like to pass on?
2: You want to go first, Arthur?
0: Well, the thing I thing- know
2: exactly what I want to say. Yeah, okay. the
0: thing that comes to mind is. Uh, Every entrepreneur, every business owner I've ever met, they're their own worst enemy. And recognizing that early makes all the difference.
1: How am I I my worst enemy and what can I do about it, Art?
0: Okay. Well, first of all, recognizing that everyone uh, succeeds up to the limitation of their own belief system.
2: Mm. Where your beliefs start, your, your life stops. It's the best way you can say it. Arthur, you shocked me with that. You took the words right out of my mouth.
0: Oh, I didn't know you were going to say that. I mean, you did. You, you, you guys know. have been working
2: together a long time. I and- you, yeah, We're moving as one here. Yeah. Uh, I think we're Arthur and I are in a mastermind alliance what Napoleon Hill described. But uh, yeah, you know, here's the problem with being a, a small business owner. Or, or being a uh, a salesman. So, I think the two worst jobs in in the world are being a small business owner and a sales manager. Sales manager, you got to depend on somebody else to get results, and as a small business owner, you multiply that again. But see, when you have all the power, oh, it's nice. You have all the power. Every one of your limiting limitations, you stamp in your business. Mm. You stamp them in there. That becomes your culture. And when you can see that, if you're it takes a little bit. of. I never had a problem admitting my mistakes. I never did. I don't know why. But uh, I'm dominant. And if, you, if I screw up, I'll tell you I screwed up. I, I, even when I was young, I didn't have a problem with that. Most people do. You know, oh, not not me. I Wait a minute. You know, if you can look at yourself and say, okay, yeah, I did that. I did that out of belief and it was stupid. I won't do that. I want to get rid of that. I want to do something different tomorrow. If you can do that, oh, you can scale your business faster than you could imagine. If you can't do that, stay there you know I'm I'm dominant I speak very clearly and strongly you know if to me you take a, like people when I train them now I give them a month I give them four weeks I'm gonna explain this to you if you still want to worship belief instead of worshiping truth it's not religious okay if you want to worship belief I, I I won't work with you anymore I'm done it's been fun but we're done I'll give you four weeks to get that if you can't get that in four weeks uh, I love you, but you got to move on because you'll never, you'll never change. Now, if you own a business, like I said, the bad part is you have all the power. Who's going to tell you what to do when you own the place? You know, somebody can see your, your folly, but they can't tell you. They don't have the strength to tell you usually, you know, and uh, they won't. Mm. See, that power, is it's the same thing in politics. You have the power, you know, you, who's going to tell you what to do? That's why power is so dangerous. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. When it's used correctly, it's great. When it's used incorrectly through the belief system, then it becomes, uh, you know, it's, it's a sword that cuts both ways. So as an entrepreneur, you got to realize no one's going to tell you. You have to tell yourself if you're strong enough to say, to look at it and see the truth about what you've been doing. Wow. That and a partner I've still had the same partner for 50 years. Okay. If I were to listen to him 30 years ago, 35 years ago, he seemed to know he would make suggestions to me that that i didn't think were were valuable looking back he was right so many times if i would have listened to him instead of listening to my ego to my belief system i would have progressed much faster
1: mm, that really Does speaks that makes sense yeah it, it speaks to me and i am then i always think about how i buy your idea uh, 100% then I think about how is it that I have to, and if I'm learning from what you guys have told me here today so far, I have to be, you know, spend quiet time to be get super aware on my beliefs uh-huh. and uh, perhaps using a breakout system that you're talking about. And I know you illustrate in your book or, and I love this second idea too, and, or maybe it's an and, get feedback from those that you know you best and be open to that and and think deeply on it and see what truth there is
2: or what belief there is. <laughs> What lie there is. I, like, I to- like the negative feedback on my company much more than the positive feedback. Okay. Uh, I uh, I went to this uh, convention, Bathwater convention, quite a few years ago. And the guy, he was, uh, I don't know what his rank was, but he was a ship's captain. I think it was the smaller ship, a destroyer, something like that. They had, He was labeled as the worst ship in the Navy. Okay. And he made it become the best ship in the Navy. And here's how I he did it. He had 300 people or so on his ship. He interviewed every one of them and listened to them. The one thing, being I do a lot of mechanical work, I enjoy that kind of work on my hands. One of the things he said was the guys in the ship said, you know, all we do is we keep painting the ship and painting the ship. And what causes the ship to rust is we use steel bolts. And he said, if we use stainless steel bolts, they wouldn't rust, and then we wouldn't have to paint all the time. He took that, supply. you know, the stainless steel bolts are maybe six, ten times as much as regular bolts. But he did that. That was the suggestion he took them. So I came home. I did the same thing with my company. Back then I probably only had 40 people maybe. And I listened to every one of them. They told me things that blew my mind. You know, they said we had a, we had a, a warehouse that was about 50 miles away because we were trying to do two markets with two, well, two market with two warehouses. They said we deliver stuff to that warehouse that's 50 miles away. Then we have to bring it back here. Again, okay, to use it around here. And I immediately was able to stop it. That's the one thing. There's other things, but that's the one thing that stuck in my mind. That's
1: a great So idea. when you
2: when you have the courage, and I didn't have a problem with that, ask your people. And you can't have reprisal. I didn't have reprisal. But I want to know. I want to know what's bad. I saw a story one time. Uh, it's probably on a tape series. Uh, this seafood place in Boston. They didn't sell, uh, not, not a seafood place, a grocery store in Boston. Mm-hmm. Their seafood sales were not very good, you know. So they had a, they had a focus group and they said, uh, well, why don't you buy our fish, buy everything else here? They said, well, your fish isn't fresh. So what do you mean it's we it isn't fresh? You get them on the docks every day, but they covered it, with, they put it in packages and put the cellophane over it, right? So they took the, they took the fish, made a kiosk in the middle, filled it up with ice, put the fresh fish on ice. Their sales went up like 10, 20 times. Because their people didn't think it was fresh. It was fresh. See, but the people's perception said it wasn't fresh. So they wouldn't have known that if he didn't have the focus group. So to me, if some if some customer would tell me what he didn't like about what we did, I always tell people that's solid gold. That's gold. That's that's the best information you're going to get. Somebody says you did a great job. All I would say is I would hope so. That's what we're supposed to do. When you do a bad job, tell me about it. Then maybe we can stop doing that and make us even better. Mm-hmm. That's my. That's where I I've always lived there.
1: That's good, Sam. I love that principle. And it was that book, Michael Abishoff, It's Your Ship?
2: The, the, the probably story. was that.
1: Yeah. yeah I remember I reading he, it, but I don't remember who wrote it. Yeah, he, 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 that. he spoke Did at one of our events, and uh, he was good. And I love, he's got like three books, but it's basically yeah. on that idea of listening to your workforce and follow up, and yeah. the good ideas implement, and the bad ideas tell them why, and uh, mm. and uh, have thirty pe- 300 people own the ship. And act like they're the owners of the ship because they get input and they have a voice. And, yeah, that's yeah.
2: good. People who feel empowered when you listen to them. Yep.
1: Yep, really good. And, and, like you say, you get business ideas to improve, but also personal, what of you course. as a leader can do differently. Yeah. 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 And it takes, it takes some openness to do that and some confidence and self-security. But I love that you're teaching that principle. Love it, love it, love it. So, Art, where – Hopefully, we have wet people's appetites that they want more insights on this. Where can people find you?
0: They can find us at our website at uh, PlatinumEdgeSalesTraining.com.
1: Awesome. And Sam, last word. Anything else you want to share with the listeners today?
2: No, I would, I would say, again, I would reiterate that the sales manager, I think, is the toughest job in the world because you have to depend on somebody else to get results, and you're held accountable for that with no tools to do it. We do have the tools to do that. You don't have to be held hostage by a sales staff anymore. And it, it starts with the proper evaluation. That's going to be our signature offer. As we talk, we're going to talk Thursday, I think. Yep. Tell you about our signature offer, see what you think. Okay, but it, it has to start with evaluation. Most of the sales staffs, they have, they're hiring failures. 80% of people struggle. Most of that is hiring failures. Most of those people, are, for one reason or another, don't belong in sales. They don't want to be there. And uh, we can talk, we can talk more about that. So the evaluation is crucial, but you have the tools as a small business owner. If you never hear from me again and you happen to hear this, when Arthur said you're your own worst enemy, that's a strong way to say it. But the problem is when you have the power, you everything, all the limitations that you have as an individual, which are all false, put there without your permission, without your participation, they sit inside you, you, pull your strings. If you have the power, all of that you stamp in your business. When I look at my business, you know, like even 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, I think, oh my God, you know, that was running our business. The biggest change in my business is me. Best the biggest change in my business is awesome. me. There's no question about it, is me. It's well, me.
1: You 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 really spoke to me on that idea that the things I'm implementing for good and for bad have a reflection in my business and my people and uh, that really motivates me to keep learning and keep getting better and understand those lies and understand so you know if, if small business owners entrepreneurs listening if, if you so many good nuggets out of today but one of them that i hope you take is that idea that if it is to be it's up to you you have to keep learning and get gather insights so that you can impact your business. Because if you're just staying still and just working hard without these insights that these gentlemen have talked about today, you're you're not going to be happy 20 years from now. So keep learning, keep being open. And and keeping
2: the learning, if I may say so yes. from my experience. Okay. This this is almost hard to understand or accept, but do you know? I when I look at myself now, I say, wow, you're you're pretty smart, you're pretty intelligent here. And I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I didn't learn anything more. I just kept getting rid of more and more of those silly opinions I had. And every time I got rid of one, I could see the truth with where, where the clarity was. So the truth is free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to go to college. You know, you can, you can do those. If you, I mean, if you need esoteric knowledge, that's, I, I'm not just downplaying that. But as you start, I say worship truth and stop worshiping your own lies. You just feel like you're more intelligent. It just, it just starts to make sense because your judgment, see what happens. And this is the owner's manual, okay? When you're under the influence of one, of one of those beliefs, it shuts off your intellect, and your intellect and emotions will now work together. So what seems to be true, it just seems to be true, is not true. Once you turn your intellect back on, you can see it, but you can't when you're living that way. We all live that way. At the, that's why they are understanding human behavior is primitive. Once you understand that concept, my brain is not working with my emotions, or is it? If I don't feel my brain and work with my emotions, I'll zip it up because I can destroy with my mouth and uh, belief, I could destroy something I was building for 10 years. And I think at times I did. I won't, I just, if you see me <laughs> quiet, then I don't know where the truth is. I'm I'm still searching for it. That's how I live.
1: So, folks, you've heard it here. The truth shall set you free. Uh, I, think
2: some, I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, I've read that somewhere before. I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> you would be shocked at the... Uh, truth. Us folks <laughs> who call ourselves Christians. Man, that blueprint is it is so perfect. It's right there. As I was learning this, and I say to myself, oh, my God, it's been there under my nose all the time. How come I didn't see it? 100%. The truth shall set you free. I think yeah. there should have been another line in there, and I'm not going to give it to you line and verse. That's up to you to figure out. Yeah, line upon line, you're going to figure that it out. It's your job to figure yeah. it out. Yep, and that's what I, I wow. think. That's really what what I've been doing. But right now, human behavior is a science. I can teach it to anybody quickly.
1: Oh, well, I'm excited to. Life is
2: wonderful. I used to think life was a burden. Every day you get up, you know, and you got to push life back. And if you broke even, you did okay. Now I I I, mean, I this idea came to me. You know, life is not a a, a curse to endure. Life is a beauty to behold. Mm. It's beyond the the gift of life from our Creator is so huge and so profound and so absolute that it's beyond. uh, I don't know. There are words to describe it. I actually feel that way today, whereas before I didn't see it that way. I thought life was life was just tough. You know, it's not tough. It's enjoyable you can you can you can do it especially now in these times i have no fear at all i set a goal for my company and i'm going we're going to get there there's no doubt in my mind we're going to get there we're pruning putting it back now getting it getting in the shaped up and we're going to get there you're awesome. from now and you talk to me we're going to get there
1: i believe well Another. arthur wong sam lucy you guys really appreciate the all the truth bombs you've been uh delivering for us. And I hope entrepreneurs and small business owners, sales managers are uh, taking notes and can apply some of these principles and or reach out to you on your website as uh, they feel prompted. And so appreciate your time today, gentlemen. Thank you so much.